electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Salesforce reporting after the bell today. Mark Benioff may be facing his biggest test in the company's 24-year history. No less than six activist investors are circling. Different stakes, different interests. Faber reporting this morning the talks with Elliott did not resolve their concerns, so there's likely to be a proxy battle. Something that all these activists are focused on, lack of margin growth. CRM's margins, they look bad next to its peers. And they look even worse when you dig into how Benioff's been spending over the last few years, which the journal, in fact, did do. To name just a few here, $50 million for the annual Dreamforce Conference, U2 concerts, a 75-acre wellness retreat owned by the company, and of course, that $10 million salary for Matthew McConaughey, who participated in high-level meetings. You could argue it sounds a little more peak WeWork than enterprise software, but all of that is easier to overlook when revenue growth is accelerating, as it has through much of the company's history. Tonight, though, CRM is expected to report further decelerating top-line growth that has fallen into the single digits. The first activist in, Starboard's Jeff Smith, calls this a subpar mix of growth and profitability. As you get bigger and bigger, you can't keep growing as fast, and you have to drop more to the bottom line. And when you add those two things together, you get to a number. And as it turns out, with their peers, the median number is around 50%, adding growth rate and, and profit margins. They, as a great company, they really should be at that number or higher, and they're not. So instead of better margins over the years, investors, they have seen a string of very expensive acquisitions that have been highly dilutive. And Carl and Melissa, they could be targets. They could be things that activists push to be spun off. Look at those numbers. Unlikely to get those amounts for it if they did. Yeah, that's been the knock on them for so long uh, that they survived on, on a bunch of those, uh, those acquisitions. I think it's interesting, Dee, the way activists have zeroed in on costs and margin as opposed to, for example, uh, demanding that Benioff lean into new structural growth stories. I mean, they have talked about AI, but you don't hear anyone clamoring for them to talk about that tonight. <laughs> I think because growth historically hasn't been the big problem, and that's why they were able to spend so much money on sales and marketing. So when you take that away in the moment that we are in, when companies are focused and certainly investors are focused on efficiency, some of these things come to light. And you wonder, why hasn't Salesforce, why hasn't Mark Benioff gotten these margins better, especially to better compete with some of its competitors? You look at a workday, you look at a service now, and they've been able to grow, but they've also been able to improve that profitability. Another issue for CRM is stock-based compensation is one of the biggest perpetrators of that, which you know affects, of course, that net income growth. The IPO market remains shut, frozen shut, in fact, but signs that we could be inching toward a reopening. And the key it may lie with one company, Instacart, a company that for the last few years has become almost synonymous with the IPO pipeline. Will they or won't they? This is a question that investors and the company itself has gone back and forth on for ages. Well, it seems that the financials are lining up, according to the journal. Revenue and profit soared some 50 and 80 percent, respectively, in the fourth quarter. It was also gap profitable. So as good an IPO candidate as any, right? Maybe. Financials 
is one piece of the puzzle. Market volatility, of course, is the other, and that is certainly less clear. Here's what CEO Fiji Simo told me a year ago. We want to be a public company at some point. The market conditions are obviously a factor, but uh, given that we have a very strong business and not a need to raise a lot of money, um, these market conditions are not affecting us and affecting our timing particularly. Like I said, that was a year ago, and she could pretty much say the exact same thing today. Not much has changed. Instacart still may not need to raise a lot of money, but its employees they would like to get paid, and that remains tricky when investors are still iffy on risky companies, especially in the gig economy space that were built during an era of low interest rates and growth at all cost mentality. While Instacart, one of the most valuable startups in the world, it once was, it has now slashed its internal valuation several times. It's public comps too. Take a look. DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, they do not make a compelling case to go public here. Still trading well under their IPO prices. Still, though, Instacart may try its luck, and it's likely to get out ahead of other candidates that we talk about, Kelly and Tyler, like Stripe and Reddit, because it is at least releasing these financials in some form to its investors. So, so did I hear you you're right, that if you were to compare it to some of its peer groups, it wouldn't compare particularly favorably? It would now. This is an internal valuation known as a 409A. So usually when you do a funding round, you get a new valuation. Instacart mm -hmm. is taking this upon themselves and marking it down because... It's looking at their public comps, DoorDash, Uber, right. Lyft. They've seen how much they've fallen in the public market. So they say, OK, our previous high valuation in the private market, they can no longer justify that. What does your instinct tell you? Do you think they will go public uh, over the next 12 months or not? What's your guess? I think they got to. Um, yeah. They've already filed confidentially and then they pulled that. So we know that there is a real desire. We know mm -hmm. that... Every time Fiji speaks to her workforce, it's a question that constantly comes up. This is one of the oldest unicorns, Tyler. It's been private for more than 10 years. So it's got to go. They talk about it a lot. Like Stripe is another unicorn that's been private forever, but they seem to be pushing it off more so than an Instacart. So we'll see if conditions work out for them. If they don't, they could do a direct listing. They don't, like I said, need to raise capital. They just need to create a liquidity event. All right. We'll finally get we'll, an IPO headline. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> All right, Deidre, thanks so much. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com/slash now.